testify to the fact that God has always been faithful and he's always been good. Uh, Even in those periods of time when we didn't know what was coming next, uh, I'm thankful that we have a God who is faithful. Uh, Pastor Tool has been my friend for several years, and I'm honored that he is here this morning uh, to preach to our church family. Will you please welcome to our platform this morning and this weekend, Pastor Scott Tool. our Bibles and let's turn to Judges chapter 2, the book of Judges chapter number 2 and it is great to be at Crossroads Baptist Church. Uh, What a great place. Uh, The people, the spirit, uh, the attitudes, the staff, uh, the outpouring of God's grace on this place Uh, and it's my first time visiting on Sunday morning uh, but I'm not new to Crossroads. Um, I, I think there's some that I've met already that are newer to Crossroads than I am. Uh, to crossroads. And let me say this, you found the right place. Well, you're in a blessed place. You're in a great place. uh, And just soak it in, drink it in. Uh, Thank the Lord for what he's doing. This is the Lord's doing. Uh, It's marvelous in our eyes. And don't ever become complacent to the handiwork of God uh, here. Uh, And so I think Crossroads is probably my uh, favorite church right next to Rosedale, just in case they're watching, right next to Rosedale, and just a slight uh, degree of separation uh, uh, between the two. But um, uh, so uh, this morning uh, and then tonight, and by the way, this thing is place is packed out. I mean, pa- you, you need to start thinking about two services on Sunday morning because it is absolutely uh, packed out. Uh, Augusta Christian Academy also. Uh, I want to commend you on your support and your prayers and uh, just throwing your weight behind, especially to those that may not have a child that's in it. Uh, you don't ever plan on having maybe that the chapter in life that you're at. Uh, but can I remind you, uh, it, it is going to be one of the most impactful ministries uh, you have that can touch this community. One of the most impactful. Uh, we've had our, our, our school started in 2000. Uh, and so this would be our 23rd, going into our 24th year. Uh, and you talk about not only does it impact our community, uh, it also is one of the biggest outreach avenues of people coming in uh, to Rosedale uh, Baptist Church. And uh, you may not see it all now, uh, but just trust the fact that God's planted it, God's blessing it. Uh, And for the first year of a Christian school, I've never seen anything like it. And uh, just some of the testimonies that that were being given, um, I would join my voice uh, with theirs. Uh, Now, uh, for today, tonight, uh, and then for Monday night, I want to look uh, at follow him, uh, follow him, uh, follow him in our family, or follow him in reaching the next generation, follow him, uh, and I think you'll see where we're going Uh, right away. But look at verse number seven of Judges. Judges. Uh, There's 13 judges in the book of Judges. There's 17 judges overall. Of course, in uh, 1 Samuel, they go to a monarchy, the kings. um, uh, But for the judges, in your minds, don't think of a guy in a black robe with a white powdered wig and a uh, gavel. It's not that kind of a judge. Uh, The judges are leaders that God used in a great way, uh, that God chose, that God lifted up in Um, And and so just for the context, just for the context, uh, look at verse number, uh, in fact, uh, verse number one of chapter number one, we see uh, one of the main leaders 
uh, uh, now after the death of Joshua, now after the death uh, of Joshua, keep in mind, uh, uh, Moses led for 40 years uh, from Exodus to Deuteronomy, 40 years, God used him, God blessed him, God chose him. Uh, and then now in Joshua, the book of uh, Joshua, uh, Joshua led for some 53 years. Uh, and now, verse number one, after the death of Joshua, uh, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord, saying, uh, who's the leader now? Who's the leader now? Who shall go up for us against the Canaanites uh, first uh, to fight? Uh, and so we're going to be talking about uh, generations, talking about uh, uh, generations. But keep in mind, it's not just family. In fact, uh, here, uh, it's not family. It, it's speaking more of one generation reaching the next generation. Uh, look at Judges 2. Look at verse number uh, 7. And so if you say, well, uh, I don't uh, have a family. I'm not uh, married. All of us will need all of these messages because uh, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Amen. And it's profitable. Doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, woman of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Uh, look at verse number 7. And the people, see if you can see the three generations. Uh, and the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua who had seen, the people uh, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. Uh, and Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being a hundred and ten years old. Uh, and they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnath Herez and the Mount of Ephraim uh, on the north side of the hill of Gash. And uh, also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers. And so Joshua passes away, that Joshua generation. Uh, and then all the generations were gathered unto their fathers. And there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done uh, in Israel. And so three generations, if you're uh, used to taking notes, if you want to go ahead and write it down now, uh, the first one is going to be Joshua. Uh, Joshua. Uh, the next one is going to be Joshua's followers. Joshua's followers. If you write it down, if not, just pretend like you are. Uh, and so uh, Joshua uh, would be that first generation. I want to picture him with a rocking chair because he was 110 years old. And so uh, he's the older generation, that Joshua generation. Uh, and, and then uh, the people uh, served the Lord who saw all the great works uh, that Joshua did. We're going to give him uh, a normal chair to look at that. That's that next generation. That next generation, you have uh, Joshua, and then you have uh, the followers of Joshua, uh, and then I have a, a, a high chair here for uh, that third generation. And so uh, uh, you have, let's look at them a little bit. Uh, no, notice first Joshua's generation. Uh, Joshua's generation, verse 7 said, uh, Joshua did great works for the Lord. Uh, or the Lord did great works through Joshua. Uh, remember Joshua uh, was one of the two uh, then when he came back from the promised land and when ten were discouraging, uh, he was one of the two that said, let's go up at once. For we're well able to take this land. Uh, those ten were saying, no, the cities are walled up to heaven. No, we can't do that. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. Uh, Joshua would be one of the ones that said, yeah, but they're like grasshoppers uh, in God's sight. Well, that's the Joshua generation. Uh, he was one of two that were over 20 that first time around that was allowed to go into the promised land. Uh, Joshua is the one that led Israel uh, through the parting, not of the Red Sea, that's Moses, 
But through the parting of the Jordan River, uh, he came face to face with the captain uh, of the Lord of hosts. Uh, he saw that miracle of the walls of Jericho uh, falling flat. Hey, that's Joshua. Wasn't it Joshua that said to them, uh, choose you this day, and every generation has to choose. Uh, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so that's the first generation, Joshua's generation. Uh, but then the next generation uh, are Joshua's followers or uh, the followers uh, of Joshua. Look at them in verse number seven. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And so this generation saw all the great works that God did through Joshua, not necessarily having great works done through them, but they saw them and they served God as long as they lived. Now, they didn't have quite as intimate of a relationship with the Lord. They're reading and they're walking with God. They weren't really as intimately connected to the Lord, but they did still serve the Lord. And so where Joshua saw great works done through him, uh, the next generation saw those great works. Uh, they weren't inside of the blessing. Uh, they were kind of blessed by the overflow uh, of Joshua's uh, blessing. But then we have the third generation. Look at it in verse number uh, 8. Joshua, the son of Nun, servant of the Lord, died 110 years old, 10. And also that generation, that generation here, the second one, uh, were gathered unto their fathers. Uh, but now the third generation, uh, look at it. Uh, and also all that generation were gathered unto the fathers. There arose, here it is, another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. Well, this generation uh, could uh, uh, connect with Psalm 44.1 where they said, We have heard with our ears, our fathers have told us, what great things the Lord did in their days, uh, in days of old. Uh, they heard with their ears. They didn't see with their eyes. Hey, this generation saw the blessings. They saw uh, the miracles. They saw uh, what God did through Joshua. Now, uh, Joshua, uh, God did great things through him. Uh, the next generation saw what great things God did uh, through him. Uh, but this generation, we've heard with our ears. We've heard about it. We were told about it. And by the way, uh, for Stephen and Hannah, uh, which would be this generation, uh, for Charlie and Jack, which would be this generation, uh, I don't want them just to hear with their ears uh, Pop Pop used to serve the Lord. He taught Sunday school class back in the day. Uh, they heard about it, but they never saw Pop Pop doing it. Uh, 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 boy, there was a time where we were all in, empty the bank account, sacrifice for God's work. Uh, Stephen, and that's how we lived at one time. And, uh, and yeah, they heard about it, but they never saw it. Uh, listen, I don't want Charlie and Jack to just hear about the great works that God does. In fact, I don't even want them to just see the great works that God does. I want them to be intimately involved, walking with God, uh, having great works done through them. Right there is a good place to say amen. And so that first generation, Joshua, uh, and then uh, Joshua's followers, uh, and then uh, the followers of Joshua's 
of followers. They, they uh, did uh, the great works. They saw uh, the great works. They, they heard uh, about uh, the great works. Not just, uh, not just being uh, told about them, not just seeing them, but here uh, actually doing them. Now, uh, where Joshua had that walk with God, that relationship with the Lord, uh, and for the most part, this generation, yeah, they did what was right. Uh, yes, they had a religiosity about them, uh, but, but this generation, let's look how they live. Look at verse number 11. And the children of Israel, that third generation, did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord God to anger. Hey, understand this. From generation to generation, and I'm not just talking about family-wise. We talked last week about Elijah. And Elijah had a follower. His name was Elisha. Uh, Paul had a, a, a Timothy. Uh, it, it's not just about uh, dad and then uh, son and then, and then uh, grandson. In fact, in our text, they're not related as a family, but we all have influence. Uh, and understand this, there's a natural slide from one generation to the next. There's a natural slippage uh, from one generation uh, to the next. Uh, for instance, I think we could uh, uh, characterize uh, that Joshua generation with the word commitment, uh, commitment. Uh, they're in with both feet. They're all in. Uh, Jesus died for me. I'm willing to die for him. Commitment. Uh, the next generation is more compromised. They're uh, not necessarily in with both feet. They kind of had uh, one foot on both sides of the fence. And uh, yes, they, they, they know that Jesus died for them, but uh, for the most part, they're going to uh, uh, time and time decide whether uh, they follow uh, him. Uh, commitment, uh, compromise, but here, conflict, because they don't have both one foot on uh, either side of the fence. They could care less where the fence is. They haven't been impacted by, by Christ died for me, Christ died for me. But they haven't been impacted uh, by that. Uh, and, and so not to overcharacterize, because every once in a while, God will reach down uh, and take someone from that third generation and make a Joshua generation uh, uh, with them. Uh, let me give you a different way to think of it. Uh, that Joshua generation, it was more about a relationship with God. A relationship with God, walking and talking and spending time uh, with the Lord. And obviously, uh, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. There's going to be some things you don't do. There's going to be some things that you decide uh, to do because of that relationship, that relationship. And uh, you're going to have some boundaries, some rules, some boundaries. But it's not about those. It's about your walk uh, and your relationship uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the second generation, uh, they do follow the rules. Uh, they do follow the rules that were birthed out of that relationship, but they don't have the same strong, daily, personal relationship uh, with the Lord. Uh, and yes, they're religious, having a form of godliness, but denying the power, denying the relationship thereof. Uh, and so relationship, uh, the next generation would be more about, uh, about just the rules. Uh, that third generation would be rebellion against the rules, because they don't understand the rules. Uh, why are there rules? Uh, I don't get religion. Hey, listen, 
the reason behind the rules is at least as important as the rules. The reason behind them, uh, and, 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 and keep in mind, uh, when it's only about, well, uh, there's a culture, uh, cultural Christianity and uh, a religious, uh, uh, religiosity about that. Uh, and, and just keep in mind with all of this, there's a natural slippage. Okay, 1 Corinthians 3 would give three words. It would call uh, that Joshua generation spiritual. They're saved and they're walking with God, spiritual. Uh, the other word 1 Corinthians 3 uses is carnal, carnal. Oh yes, they're saved, probably saved, but they're not walking with God. Spiritual, carnal, natural, they're not walking with God, neither are they saved. There's a natural slippage. Does anybody believe that at all? There's a natural slide, and uh, someone may say, well, pastor, give me a Bible example. I'm glad you asked, okay? Uh, so, uh, the three generations. Think about Abraham, the dad, uh, Isaac, the son, Jacob, the grandson, Abraham, the dad, uh, Isaac, the son, Jacob, the grandson. Uh, Abraham, almost any time he moved, almost always built an altar before he, ever, before he ever dug a well. Because it was God first. It was God first. Walking with God first. Uh, the important thing to him uh, was honoring the Lord. And so, uh, uh, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Hey, that's this chair here. Uh, and so he would always build an altar before he would, yes, we have to survive, dig a well, dig a well, but, but we have to put God first. Uh, Abraham uh, built altars before he dug wells. Uh, Isaac almost always dug wells first, and every once in a while he'd build an altar. Uh, almost always dug wells first, because where Abraham, it was God first. For Isaac, it was things first. He didn't set his affection on things above. Uh, he set his affection on things uh, of this earth. And so uh, Abraham, God first. Uh, Isaac was things first. Uh, how about Jacob? Jacob was all about self first. Self first. Well, I want that birthright even if I have to break that relationship with my brother. Hey, I want that blessing, uh, even if I have to lie to my dad. Uh, uh, it's commitment, it's compromise, it's conflict. Uh, it's God first, uh, it's things first, it's self first. Hey, give me a Bible example. Okay, let's look at the same one again. Uh, Abraham, uh, Isaac, uh, Jacob. Uh, remember the story, and I love the story, it makes me laugh. The story when uh, Abraham went to Gerar uh, and Abimelech was there, and he told his wife Sarah, don't tell them you're my wife. Tell them you're my sister. Anybody remember that story? And I always walk, walk away from that saying, uh, uh, Abraham, what are you thinking? Uh, and, uh, uh, tell them, uh, if you tell them that you're my wife, they'll kill me and take you. And so uh, just tell them you're my sister. That way they don't kill me. They'll just take you. And so uh, here, uh, when, when Abraham was called out on the carpet about it, uh, his explanation was in Genesis chapter 20 when he said, she is my sister. She's the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she has become my wife. When you have to go into that long of an explanation, hey, it's sin. Just mark it down. Don't even, it's sin. And so Abraham was telling a half-truth, a half-truth, because Sarah was the daughter of my father, not the daughter of my mother. She's a half-sister. Abraham was telling a half-truth. Isaac. Isaac went to the exact same place and did the exact same thing with Rebecca. 
Uh, now, where Sarah was his half-sister, half-truth, for Isaac it was a bold-faced lie. Is anybody with me on this? There's a natural slide. Uh, a natural slide. Well, Jacob, okay, wait, Abraham, half-truth. Uh, Isaac, bold-faced lie. Uh, what's Jacob's nickname? Anybody remember Jacob the, the deceiver, the trickster, the supplanter? Lied to his brother, uh, lied to his dad, lied to his parents, uh, lied to Laban, lied to his, uh, his wives. Boy, lied every step uh, of the way. Now again, uh, God in his grace at times will reach down and lift up a Jacob. Uh, when Jacob wrestled with God uh, intimately and personally, uh, and God changed his name uh, from Jacob to Israel, God changed his nature uh, from lying and running, touching the hollow of his thigh. Where there's a natural slippage, there's a natural slide. Is everyone uh, agreeing with me on this? Well, I got more. Uh, if you want something outside of the family, look at Abraham, Lot, and Lot's daughters. Uh, Abraham walked with God, blessed by it. Lot didn't walk with God. Lot walked with a man who did walk with God uh, and experienced the overflow of blessings. The overflow of blessing, God so blessed Abraham. Hey, he was living uh, the residual, the, the overflow of those blessings. Uh, but there came a time when Abraham and Lot split uh, and where Abraham walked with God bless. Lot only walked with a man who walked with God, uh, and as soon as they split, uh, maybe it's a parent that died, maybe it's a pastor that, that you moved to a new area, uh, he, he's not experiencing those blessings again. In fact, uh, he, he ended up having a very barren, a very uh, bitter kind of a life, a uh, very barren, very bitter kind of a life. Uh, as he moved, pitched his tent toward Sodom, but take it another generation Boy, when the angel of the Lord came to drag Lot out of the city, if you believe he had four daughters, some believe two, uh, four daughters, his two older daughters that were married, when Lot warned them about the impending doom, the Bible says he seemed to them as one who mocked. Uh, his religion, uh, his walk with God, his belief in the Lord to them was laughable. Dad, we've never seen you uh, open the Bible. We've never seen you uh, pray. We've never seen you uh, uh, living for the spiritual. And now you're warning us about that. Your religion is laughable. But then the two younger daughters, uh, when they finally made it out of the city, uh, got him drunk and birthed two heathen nations uh, from him. Boy, that slippage, uh, that slide. We can look at David, committed adultery with Bathsheba, Solomon. Hey, I'll, I'll take it up a night. Now, listen, uh, our kids do in excess what we give as an allowance. Okay, try to picture this in your mind. Okay, the heart of who I am, the heart of who I am, uh, walking with God, reading and praying, this is the heart of who I am. Uh, now, what, what, what occasionally... Uh, every once in a while, boy, my, my circumference will get all the way to over here. Uh, the circumference of my life, uh, our kids will center on our circumference. Uh, our followers will center uh, on our circumference. Uh, and so now uh, the center of their life isn't where we were, but the center of their life is here. Now the circumference of their circle, sometimes it'll land where we are, but sometimes it'll land so far beyond anything we would ever live like. But then you take it to the next generation. Okay, uh, uh, here's what I allow. That's what I'm going to center on. Here's what I allow. That's what I'm going to center on. Center on here. Uh, and, and then you look at 
the, the, that circle of who they are, that circle of who they are only reaches to here on this side. The circle of who they are only reaches here. And from one generation to the third generation, they have nothing in common. And, and again, I'm not trying to overcharacterize this. Uh, but I do think that's what it means in Exodus where it says the sins of the fathers uh, will be passed down, visiting them uh, on the children uh, and upon uh, the children's children of the third and fourth generation. I think that's what it means there. Uh, in Proverbs 22, 6, well, if I raise them right, I don't think how we live predestines our kids to do right. But I do think how we live predisposes our kids to do right. Uh, living in such a way that when they have to decide for themselves, boy, that life's attractive to them. That life's appealing to them. Uh, the blessing and, uh, and the mercy and grace that God has poured out here, uh, we don't predestine them uh, to live here, but we can predispose them to live here. Uh, a lot like when uh, the Bible says about David's uh, uh, sin of adultery, uh, remember when he was called on the carpet, uh, the Bible said, you've given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. Boy, the way you live makes me not want to be like who you are. Was it Gandhi that said, I would have been a Christian if it were not for the lives of Christians? Uh, commitment, compromise, conflict. Uh, in our entertainment, uh, uh, honoring God. Uh, in our entertainment, they don't uh, uh, dishonor God, but it's kind of a neutral, yeah, appropriate, but neutral. Uh, their entertainment is dishonoring God. Uh, a church, involved and invested. Uh, in church, yeah, they go to church, they go to church, but show me in the Bible where it says uh, we have to uh, go to church all the time. Uh, here they have no church at all. Uh, Joshua's generations, uh, because they're walking with God, they're reading and they're praying, uh, they see answered prayers. They see answered prayers. They experience answered prayers from God. Hey, they don't experience answered prayers, but they do see others getting answered prayers from God. This group here doesn't pray. Over here, it's a fruitful walk with God. Uh, over, over here, it's a frustrated stumbling through life. Uh, over here, it's forsaking God uh, altogether. David, Solomon, uh, Rehoboam, uh, Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, uh, Ichabod. We could go over and over and look at it again and again. But, but just understand, there's a natural slippage. There's a natural slide. Them doing an excess what we've given allowance. And then them doing an excess what we've given as an allowance. Uh, they center their life on the circumference. Uh, on the circumference of our life. Uh, and when you get to that next generation, these two don't have anything in common at all. Um, I, I am going to speak into this tonight. Uh, more about marriage and then... Uh, Monday night, more about that third generation. Uh, but, but, but if we do see that there's a tendency there, if we do see that for the most part uh, that's the case, I want to give you three very practical things to do as Christians, uh, as leaders. Um, if uh, the, my 
uh, assistant pastors or those that, that follow my leadership or uh, my kids or my uh, grandkids, if, if that be the case, then, then, then how do I get it so that they're not so far away from having their heart and life centered, uh, I, 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 having their heart and life uh, on the Lord? Uh, put down number one, if you will, practical things. Uh, number one, bring in the boundaries. Bring in the boundaries. Uh, or uh, probably the most important word in parenting is consistency. Consistency. Say it with me. Consistency. Bring in the boundaries. Uh, if they're going to center their life on the circumference, uh, if they're going to center their life uh, on the outlying boundary of my life, uh, then I want to make sure that I bring in that boundary so that they'll be closer to here, closer uh, to here. I think about Ephesians chapter number 5, verse number 15. It says, walk circumspectly. The circumference. Uh, walk circumspectly. Boy, uh, they're going to center on the circumference, and so I'm going to bring in the boundary. I, I want to walk circumspectly. Uh, and that passage starts out in verse number 10, bringing in the boundaries. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, uh, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done to them in secret. But, but all things that are reproved are made manifest uh, uh, by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Um, my most sobering moment. Um, uh, in my life was not when we stood at an altar and I said, I do to Shar, and she said, I do to me. That was my most surprising moment, okay? That she said, she said yes. Uh, but my most sobering moment uh, is in Illinois uh, when Stephen breathed his first breath of life. Boy, sobering and realizing it's not just me anymore. Uh, there's one that's following after me. Uh, no man liveth to himself. No man dieth to himself. And then uh, Hannah was born. Uh, but, but even more sobering than that was, boy, that next generation of Charlie uh, and Jack, uh, and now they're going to start coming two at a time. Twins uh, uh, in, in May. Uh, uh, Kyle and, and Everly. Boy, it's just one of those things that says, uh, I want to make sure that I'm living the right way so that they're living the right way so that they're living the right way. And so, uh, number one, bring in the boundaries. Uh, that's consistency. Put down number two, point to the perfect. Point to the perfect. Uh, or humility. Humility. Uh, someone said that water cannot rise above its source. And I agree with that to an extent. Uh, in fact, uh, Matthew chapter 10, the disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. But I'm not the master. I'm not the Lord. I want to make sure that I'm pointing to the perfect, the one that doesn't have any gaps. Tempted in all points like as we yet without sin. Uh, the impeccability of Christ. Boy, uh, he's true blue all the way through. He doesn't have boundaries way out there. Uh, he is absolutely what you see is what you get. Uh, and so where there may be gaps in my life, I want to point to the perfect because there's absolutely no gaps in his life. And so if I can get them to focus on him, if I can get them to, to, to walk with him, uh, there was 
at least two or three times as the kids were 12 and 13 and 15 and uh, that I had a conversation with Stephen and Hannah and it's basically, uh, Stephen, I don't expect you to look like me, act like me, be like me, uh, follow every step as me. Uh, in fact, I would be a lot more proud of you uh, if you walked with God and read your Bible, were sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God, or well, had that real relationship with him, uh, and you ended up being a little different than dad. Uh, I'd be a lot happier about that than uh, if you just uh, imitate it, if you just uh, mirror it, if you just uh, mimic it. Because we're not supposed to imitate any person. We're supposed to imitate the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, number one, bring in the boundaries. That's consistency. Consistency, being true blue all the way through. The heart and my circumference, boy, bring that in. But then secondly, point to the perfect, point to the perfect, making sure that our followers, our kids, are focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ and then number three, this is just some practical thoughts. Practical thoughts on uh, uh, how to lead effectively, how to use your influence for the glory of God. Uh, number three, be clear about your convictions. Be clear uh, about your convictions. Okay, let's go all the way back. Uh, the relationship. The relationship will end up birthing rules. Uh, but if all they do is focus on the rules... Uh, not realizing where those rules were birthed. Okay, let me put it this way. Uh, I need to be very clear about the biblical and the unbiblical. Uh, and there are things that are biblical, and there are things that are unbiblical. Uh, you talk about black and white, uh, just uh, period, end of sentence. But I need to be very clear also about the biblical, the unbiblical, and the extra-biblical. The extra-biblical. Now, Stephen and Hannah, this rule may not be a chapter and a verse tied to it. Here's why we have it. Uh, because it keeps you a little further back from that ledge. And, uh, and, and yes, uh, that's not uh, sin in and of itself if you break that rule. Uh, but, but don't equate that rule at the same level of the commandments of God. That's what it means about uh, the Pharisees that, that, that made void the commandments of God uh, because of the traditions, the traditions of men that they had, uh, elevating those uh, at the expense of those. First um, Timothy chapter number, Second uh, Timothy chapter number three, and, and that from a child, thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Uh, and then the verse we've heard. Uh, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Uh, and by the way, you want to know why this is the church you need to be at? Two verses later, it's preach the word, the word of God. Uh, be in a place where uh, the, the, the sermons are, are biblically based, scripturally soaked sermons, dripping with the word of God. Uh, but again, going back to our message, uh, I need to be clear with my convictions, uh, Stephen and Hannah. Uh, hey, this is thus saith the Lord, but, but this is just more of a preference. This is more uh, of just a boundary that, that yes, is helpful, and uh, yes, gives more safety, but, but, but it's not at the level uh, of this. The reason behind the rule uh, can be as important as the rule uh, itself. Uh, I'm going to stop there. I'm not done. Uh, why I'm coming back tonight and then tomorrow night. But, but I'm going to stop there.
I'm going to stop there. Uh, but, but I guess one of the questions would be, why am I even concerned about the next generation? Why do I even care what Stephen and Hannah do? I, 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 it squeezes my heart to even think of someone who, who doesn't have that heart. Uh, okay, not our family, but, but following our influence and following the, uh, the leadership that you do have, whether you have a position or not, uh, you have influence. Boy, it's having that heart that says, boy, I want to be a blessing, a blessing. That's why Augusta, Augusta Christian Academy, uh, be a blessing to that next generation. An old man traveling a long highway came at evening cold and gray to a chasm vast and deep and wide through which was flowing a sullen tide. The old man crossed in the twilight dim for that sullen stream had no fear for him, but he turned as he reached the other side and built a bridge to span the tide. Old man, cried a fellow pilgrim near, you're wasting your time building here. Your journey will end at ending of day. You never again will pass this way. You've crossed that chasm deep and wide. Why build you that bridge to span the tide? The builder lifted his old gray head. Good friend, along this path, he said, there followeth after me today a youth whose feet must pass this way. This chasm that has been not to me, to that fair-haired youth may a pitfall be. He too must cross in the twilight dim. Good friend, I'm building this bridge for Stephen and for Hannah, for Charlie and for Jack. What a joy when Charlie bows her head and prays before a meal or at night wants to pray before we go to bed. Or, or can't wait to go to church. Uh, our son, our daughter, uh, involved in the work of God. Boy, so much bigger than any human achievement out there uh, is making sure we, we raise our kids for, for the nurture and admonition uh, and the glory of God. Good friend, I'm building that bridge for him. I think the next couple of nights we're going to look at probably the most important thing uh, is making sure that we're in that, that right chair. Uh, that Joshua generation, making sure that that's where, uh, you see, the most important thing I do as a leader uh, is to be a follower uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Most important thing I'll do. Uh, and we're going to talk about it maritally tonight. We're going to talk about uh, generationally uh, tomorrow night. Uh, but, but I guess the question would be this for us this morning. Uh, do you know for sure that heaven's your home? Have you ever had that moment where you realized, I'm not good enough to work my way up or earn my way in? Uh, the Bible says we've all sinned, come short of the glory of God. We're all in the same boat. Uh, none of us can, it's not about religion, it's not about rules, it's not about uh, cleaning up our act. Uh, we can't work our way up, we can't earn our way in. That's why Jesus Christ came all the way down to die in your place, to die in my place. He took my cross. He took my sin. The Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. And he who knew no sin was made to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, in him. Have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation? Lord, I do pray. I pray as we continue to unpack this thought of, uh, of how we reach that next generation, how we uh, do uh, reach our, our kids, 
uh, how we do reach all the way to that third generation. Uh, God, I pray that you'll give clarity of thought, that you'll give um, uh, enlightenment to your word. Uh, but Lord, I, I pray the most for someone here that may not know you as their Savior. Uh, we do follow you by trusting you as our Savior. That's our first step. That was my first step when I was 18 years old and someone confronted me with the gospel. It's the first time I realized, first time I realized I'm not good enough to make it to heaven on my own. Doesn't matter how much church I go to, how many rules I follow. And I remember bowing my head or closing my eyes like you can even now and reaching out to the Lord by faith saying, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I know without you, I can't make it to heaven on my own. But the best I know how, I place all of my faith, Jesus, in what you did on the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection, the gospel. Come into my heart, forgive my sins, and save me. And now, Lord, as that Joshua generation, I want to make sure that that next generation knows you as their Savior is following you every step of the way. God, bless our time together and bless your people, please. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And let's stand. And if you want to pray there at your seat, the altar's open. Our personal workers will be down front. If you need someone to pray with you, or maybe you just need to find that special place, time alone with him. And let's just talk about what we've just heard about and ask the Lord to continue to speak to our hearts and cement that decision with the decision. Each one of these chairs requires a choice. Am I content to be in the last generation? Am I content there or do I want to make a change? The song so fitting, all to Jesus I surrender. If you know it, you can sing along with Brother Tim. But let's be serious and cement what we've just heard with a decision this morning. Before we leave, before we go get busy with the rest of our day, let's do business with God. Brother Tim, lead us in that song. Let's oh, to Jesus, I...